All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss a horror movie. Today's episode is going to be on the 2021, or I'm sorry, 2020 movie, horror movie, The Empty Man, which I believe was reached, released on HBO Max. Is yeah, that correct? I I don't, I yeah, yeah, it came out in theaters, but it was also released on HBO Max as well, uh, directed by, I should always have this pulled up, why don't I ever have this pulled up, David Pryor, um, and it was based on a graphic novel by the same name as well. So before we get into this, uh, Andrew, how are we doing today? Doing good? Yeah, I'm doing pretty awesome, man. I'm, I'm building a dresser, and it's it's going all right. Uh, you know, I went to a Renaissance fair yesterday, so I got to eat a turkey oh, leg, which was the dream. So lucky. It's so nice. So, like, turkey legs are the best. It's, yeah. it's, my, it's my, my, my best dream in life. And, and, so, to, to kind of go off topic here for a moment, uh, I had a great experience with a movie lately. Um I recently saw Strong Chi, and that was all right. But before that, I saw the movie Pig. Have you heard of Nicolas Cage and Pig? I have not, but I think I, I I don't say I love Nicolas Cage and everything he's ever been in. But I always, it's always a pleasure to see him in like, whatever like, movie he is. Let, let me qualify, qualify this by saying, like, this movie is like, and like, not joking, like, trying to be as serious as possible. This movie is fucking art, and like, <laughs> literally, I have not been this like absorbed and floored and like felt deep in my soul for a movie as i did for this movie pig it's um, it's like literally just about a man who has like a truffle pig who gets kidnapped and him trying to get it back oh and, that's like, wonderful it's like such like a great character exploration he kills it like it, it's like i don't know like when you watch if you're watching that scene in fairless bueller's day off and they go into the the museum and look at all the art like for mm-hmm. some reason that that, that scene always kind of like i don't know gets in my soul a little bit and this mm-hmm. movie was like so much of that and um, i think it's it's i'm also sound it stars one of the wolves. I think Alex Wolf um, from Hereditary. He's in it too. It's so good. It's like a great story. Like I'd say, watch it. Like I have not been. I have not enjoyed a film this much, in I can't remember how long. Like of all the movies, I get I, it beats any movie we've reviewed on on this podcast, except maybe Alien Covenant. You know, it's not, but, like, <laughs> but like it's it's a great. Like, I I want to buy the album. I want to buy. Like, I want it to come out in vinyl. It's only on CD. I think I want to buy. It. I want to buy vinyl. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the physical Blu-ray of it. So like, it's it's a great movie. I cannot recommend it enough. So, All hail our Lord and Savior, Nicolas Cage. It, it was amazing. The Nick. That's wonderful. All right, great. Well, uh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing fantastic. It is the last week at my current position, and then I'm going to start a new one, which is an upgrade in pretty much every single way. So I will miss my old coworkers. I will miss my own job, but this is a great opportunity for me, and it's something that's going to allow me to travel a lot less. So I'm very excited to spend more time at home with my cats um, and my girlfriend and everything else. Oh, speaking of which, um, so now that I'm going to be home a lot more, I am thinking about adopting a second cat. And I've been looking at some stuff at the Humane Society and the shelters and everything like that. So I have options. Have you found any, 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 any you know, finalists within your search? Any? Yes, any but they keep getting adopted. Uh, because that's, that, that's the problem. 
I know it is very, very much a problem, but there's always there's always cats that need help out there. So I'm really excited about that. Um, my current cat, he is definitely going to hate the new cat at first, but eventually, hopefully, he'll come around to it. I don't know how we're going to handle the litter box situation. We shall see, because previously I had two cats in my apartments, and they both shared the litter box just fine. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll figure it out. Isn't the rule of thumb like... Two have- plus one. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, per- yeah, definitely. So, well, usually, but yeah. it depends on the cats. It depends on what type it is, so. I, you know, we actually had this discussion a couple of days ago, because one of our friends uh, is adopting a cat as well. They want to adopt another cat. And we were talking about how apparently, like, older, like, you know, male cats tend to get along with, like, younger female cats. You get, like, a kitten, like, a, a girl kitten is, like, a pretty good, like, they, if you kind of, you know, let them walk them, do the lock them in a room thing, let their smells kind of mingle for a bit. Uh-huh. Apparently, they're, they're pretty successful at uh, becoming Biffles. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what's good. My my current cat is pretty friendly, so hopefully uh, it'll be fine. Um, but we were uh, my girlfriend and I went hiking yesterday, and we were talking about names. And uh, my current cat is named Taco, so we have to do something food related for the next one. Currently, the front runners are beans and pancake. Ooh, I love beans. Yeah, beans is a good one. But not not like chalupa, not on brand like chalupa or like gordita. If it, what's a really no. fat cat? If it's a fat cat, can you call it gordita? Maybe, possibly, but the only thing is we want it to be like one or two syllables tops because if you, you know, keep saying the cat's name over and over and over again, you gotta, you gotta like try it out a couple times and if you get tired of saying it, then it's not the name. That's, that's, yeah, that's true. That's actually, that's why Alphonse, his other name was going to be Hogarth, um, but I I knew I'd get tired of saying Hogarth and I don't want to start calling him Ho, so like, that's why Alphonse won out (laughs) over Hogarth, Um, but Garth would have been a pretty cool name, so like, in retrospect, that's, that's thing, but I keep telling, uh, Lindsay, that if we if we get another cat, I, I want to call it Hogarth, and she's violently vehemently opposed to that. <laughs> Party on Garth. Party on Wayne. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I should have went with that. Oh well. Anyway, there's still time. There's still time. Yep. So our movie of it for today, The Empty Man, uh, came out in 2020. This was your suggestion for the week. So why don't you uh, walk us through the process and how you selected this movie? Oh yeah. So this was actually an audible. If anybody listened to our last episode on. I can't even remember. Um, at the end of it, we, we talked about doing the movie Webs. And, um, you know, I, when Dan and I were talking about it, I was kind of pumped. But then uh, in our discussion and trying to find it, uh, we were able to find it on YouTube. But we realized that not many other people probably would be able to find it or have really seen it. So, you know, even though the Spider-Verse is coming out and it's probably going to be, I'm sure Webs will be somewhere in that movie along with Tobey Maguire. Um, so you can, you can see it then, but for now we decided to go with a different one. Um, and I'd heard about Empty Man for a while. I'd started it a couple times and never really uh, had gave myself. I kind of started it at bad times, like right when I'm going to bed and stuff. Um, so I've wanted to watch it, um, and I've heard like good things about it. I've heard it has a pretty good kind of cult following. Um, I did not know it's based on a graphic novel, um, so I actually really do want to go read that now. Um, and so yeah, I thought it would be a good, like, it would be a fun film for us to watch. Um, and, you know, I think that it does have. I think it's a nice movie because a lot of people might not know about it. So, um, you know, hopefully this might turn some people onto it. People who do like it, maybe it'll be a you know, nice affirmation for them. Yeah, I mean, general public reception from what I can see was that it didn't get very good reviews. It kind of flew under the radar, didn't do too well on HBO Max, didn't do too well in the box office either. But there was kind of a minor cult following surrounding this movie for people who did enjoy it. And I think, you know, personally overall, I think it's a decent movie. It's it's pretty good, I would say, tops. There's definitely some issues I have with it, but uh, overall, I definitely think it's worth watching. I do really like the cosmic horror 
portion of it, uh, I, I guess the theming of it, um, and there's a lot of really great moments in this movie, so that's that. Um, I do think that this is going to be episode where we are going to spoil it, because I do want to talk about the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think this is going to be pretty spoiler-filled. Like, I, I I would say that if you want to watch this movie blind, I would say, I don't want to give any description of it, I think just watch it. I think it's, I think trying to describe it to me, kind of gives away some of it. I, I went into it completely blind. I thought it was a Slenderman ripoff, honestly. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I would say just go watch it. And like, I don't, I'm not gonna. I think that our spoiler warning is up, up front here. If you want to watch, like, I would say it's it's definitely worth a watch. Um, so I, I would say you know go give it a try, especially like if you're just like you know if you're if you're one of people who makes those you know watch a horror movie um, every day of, of October, put this on your list, throw it on there, and just give it a watch. Um, yeah, then come back. <laughs> agreed agreed sounds good awesome so this is your spoiler warning at this moment we both suggest to go ahead and watch it it's a pretty good uh pretty good horror thriller yeah it's so, on hbo max so check it out yeah definitely check it out so uh yeah first impressions so i i did like the fact that you brought up the slender man because i actually had the same impression too i don't know if it's just because they both have man in the title <laughs> but when i first started watching this i did get kind of slender man vibes in terms of it is a contemporary urban legend, um, and that's really... It, it seems like the legend perpetuated by the Empty Man in this film is definitely Slenderman-esque in terms of school children and high schoolers are going to repeat it over and over and over again. So I'm glad you brought that up. And actually, before we have too much of that, too, like I do feel like this is... I don't know if this is a genre of film, but like a subset of horror film is are these kind of... Uh, like what you just you just said the word my mind is now blinking urban legend uh, contemporary urban legends like I think there's like you know the Bye Bye Man there are the Slender Man films um, the Ghoul from uh, Sinister uh, the Ring too I feel like there's a lot of these kind of uh, I don't know are like smiley face these kind of modern urban legends which I, I always am really interested in those I love hearing about I love these kind of movies because I get, always get really interested in what the urban legend is and where it's mm-hmm. coming from um I think that's kind of for me actually where this movie stumbles for me a little bit. Uh, but I, 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 I really like this genre. Like, what is your feeling about that genre? Do you kind of tend to like movies like that, like like the they ring? Like... Be, they can okay. either be really good or really really bad. I'm always curious to see the um, reasoning behind it and the cultural impact behind it and how these developer, uh, you know, um, urban legends came to be on that front. Like honestly, reading about how the something awful forms created Slenderman was always more interesting than the Slenderman legend itself for me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I definitely, I do like this. It, it kind of reminds me, occasionally I like to go on the, um, whenever I'm like trying to get to sleep, sometimes I read scary stories to help me fall asleep, and I tend to go to the Let's Not Sleep and No Sleep subreddits. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always this subgenre of short stories that are based around these contemporary urban legends one of the big cliches was like a night security guard who was working at a museum or something and he gets a list of all these different types of rules that he has to follow or something bad's going to happen like you know don't look in mirrors after 3 a.m or if the wax statue starts blinking at you you have to blink back that sort of thing and i do like i brought the term up cosmic horror before just there's something unknowing about the empty man in terms of its mythos. Um, and I did like that. That that just really brings a great sense of what the fuck is going on to this. 
No, yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I, I always think it would be cool. Like, I know that they have, you know, there's a, what's that, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark or, uh, no, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sorry, it's a different movie. Um, and, like, Goosebumps. I would love, like, a little, like, cultural series to come out with a bunch of, like, urban legends and stuff. Like, uh, that's always, like, what I loved about that movie, Urban Legends, or what I always wanted that movie to be, is I wanted to be kind of talking about these different little concepts. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see it. I feel like it has been done, but not very well. Um, but like, like you know, like even just like a creepy pasta show, I would fucking love that. Uh, like, that, like honestly, the idea, you know, even just like the, the example you gave with the wax man and stuff, or like that sounds really cool to me. Uh, but I don't know. I think that'd be really sick. I'd, I'd definitely be into that. Definitely sounds good. All right, cool. Well, the Empty Man, just to give you a general plot overview, is again based on the graphic novel. Which reading the synopsis of the graphic novel doesn't seem to have too much in common with the actual movie. Um, I have not read the graphic novel, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, but we start off the first 20 minutes. Uh, we have four friends who are in uh, Bhutan and they're hiking through the mountain range up there, and. Long story short, one of the hikers gets possessed by this uh, deity, um, which they don't actually say the deity at that moment. Because I, okay, is the empty man referring to the vessel, or is the empty man referring to the actual cosmic demon or whatever? I said I wasn't sure about. I think I think that the empty man is the person. That's what who, I was thinking who, who too. Gets inhabited by the by the entity, but I think that they I think that they use the word synonymously. I think that th- that being is also the empty man, but you like become him when you become when you are taken by him. I don't know. So We're all sense. empty man. The true empty man was the friends we found along the way. Aww. Yeah. So anyway, one of them gets um, drawn by this mysterious voice, falls into a crevice, comes across this skeleton that's sitting all cross legged. Um, very Buddhist monk-like is the impression I got, and slowly gets possessed, slowly infects the rest of the group, and then goes crazy and kills everybody before offing himself. And we're, this is how we're introduced to the legend of the Empty Man. If you are afflicted by this curse or whatever you have to call it, the very first day you hear it, the very second day you see it, and the third day you will die. I think I got that right. Yeah, or he right. comes for you or something. It's like it's something like that. Yeah, so that's kind of the M.O. of this Empty Man entity. Um, and the rest of the movie transitions on over to a former police officer whose um, friends, acquaintance, former lover, something like that, yeah. gets involved. Uh, her daughter gets wrapped up in the uh, Empty Man scheme. Um, to summon the empty man ent- entity, you have to go on an empty bridge, whistle in or blow into a bottle and say empty man three times, and then it'll eventually come for you. So it's kind of a mystery in terms of tracking down this missing girl, trying to figure out exactly what happened to her, what does this whole empty man cult have to do in relation to it, and also figuring out and realizing um, secrets about his own past as well. So, yep. Yeah, so just hop, hop in. What did you think of that opening part? Like, I kind of, kind of hop back there, like, because I. What do you think about the the beginning? That that I loved scene it. With, yeah, I I, compl- I think that that beginning to me was probably the strongest parts of the film. I, I agree. I thought that was great. Um, I thought that the design of and like the empty man, and I'm assuming that that skeleton was the cosmic being because like, it had different appendages. It wasn't. It was like a human esque skeleton, but it had like more fingers, I think, than than we use than we do, and it had like mm-hmm. appendages coming off its shoulder blades, or like it's kind of where its shoulders met, I thought it looked like. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought the 
the descent when they're so after you know after after this guy falls down hurts himself his friends and him all kind of camp out at the top of this mountain and there's a buddhist temple nearby so that kind of ties into what you were saying um and they're basically and that's kind of where he succumbs to this uh creature because he's just basically catatonic at that point um i thought that was really effective i thought that was creepy i thought that was kind of messed up and i was wondering what was going to go on and i Mm -hmm. felt like that tension isn't really in the movie as much later on I, don't, I didn't feel like i felt a lot more disturbed in that beginning part and then it kind of became almost like hellraiser inferno the rest of the movie of the guy trying to figure out what's going on yeah no um, i completely agree the opening 20 minutes is definitely the strongest part of the movie and uh, you know the movie's not bad like the second half is definitely or the second two-thirds i guess i would say is definitely not bad but mm-hmm. it, it starts off strong and unfortunately never like gets those highs again um, i do really like the scene where um the other hiker goes down the crevice to find his fallen friend, and the friend is just sitting there, and he kind of whispers, if you touch me, you will die. If you touch me, you will die. And I was just like, ooh, that's creepy. And of course, he touches him, and hey, he dies later. Man yeah, of his I, word, I, that empty man. I, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure about what was going on. So like the way I interpreted that, in the, based on also what we hear about later, uh, when, they, when they're explaining it to our, uh, our main guy, James, at the end, is that Paul... Our, our guy in the beginning, because uh, he's there later too. Uh, he he, you know, he he met with the thing, and because he was like suicidal and like you know empty of soul, he was possessed by the empty man. And then his girlfriend, who I'm assuming that was, also got possessed for the same reasons, and that's why she killed the other two. Mm-hmm. Is, was was that what it was? Was was that like was that what you interpreted it as? Is that like she also succumbed to because she you know she touched us he she touched him or whatever she thought about the empty man. She never did the blow in the wind thing. I don't. Um, that was kind of. Interesting, but I think so. I think she got because she touched him as well. She became possessed, and then as a result, the three of them had to die. Right? Yes, that... that's that's kind of the impression I got as well. Okay, well, because then because th- this is we'll we can talk about this later too. But this this is where I kind of get confused about the mythos of the empty man, and I think that's part of what's revealed at the end. Um, so I'll, I'll bring that up at the end. But that's what kind of started. I think that's effective, but then it confused me later on in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so okay, so after so yeah, we both agree that was, that was a good part. Um, so okay, so what do you think about the like the remainder of the film? Because so we, as Dan mentioned, we meet um, our detective James, and he has kind of a sad past. His wife is passed, uh, his son is passed, and um, he is you know trying to help out this woman find her missing daughter. And as he kind of explores into it, he's kind of all these weird kind of things start happening where people kind of know him, and he discovers this cult who's kind of worshiping the empty man. Um, and it's kind of a big rabbit hole. What did you think of that, that whole subplot? Like, I guess the Hellraiser Inferno part of it. Yeah, I uh, felt there were some effective parts, especially once he actually gets to find out the cult and starts infiltrating the um, compound slash building, whatever it is. And then especially the scene um, where he's being chased by the cult. I thought that was a great scene. But it, it definitely is a very slow build. There's a lot of fake out creepy moments where he thinks he hears something going on, but really nothing's going on. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies starts off really, really strong, starts to meander a bit in the second third, but then ends really strong too. What did you do think? Yes. Yeah, same boat. I, I like, I don't know. I, I guess for me, the ending was cool. I was really into the mystery. I was into finding out what was going on, but then what was revealed at the end really confused me. Um, and I, and I, you know, obviously we're already going to spoil it. Uh, but before we, hop into that like there were really cool concepts i thought that the concept of what they talk about um the tulpa i thought was really cool mm-hmm. um and, and you know here's some nitpicks i have um when he searches the pontifex entity institute it says uh it pops up and says you can't find anything 
but actually if you do google pontifex institute it actually takes a lot of takes a lot of results come up so that oh really, shit that really took me out of the story actually so like he you know just saying um <laughs> uh also <laughs> I, I i was really curious about so they talk about this thing called the tulpa which is also something called like a thought form which is that this idea like this kind of common idea where if a lot of people think about something um and you know it, it becomes a general consensus among population you can create essentially um through thought through focus you can create something uh, and something not something, something manifest something else possibly physical um and i thought that was a really cool concept and it was cool that i researched a little bit that it was a real thing that look that wikipedia page that he pulls up does exist there's a lot of stuff added to it um they like they added that whole like thought plus concentration plus time equals flesh uh because the original tulpa uh from what i was reading isn't actually about creating flesh that was something that new added, added for this movie um but i think the, the idea of the tulpa is really cool and for anybody who reads Brandon Sanderson books, um, he writes a lot of fantasy books. And uh, in his series, The Stormlight Archive, uh, he kind of almost, he doesn't, they don't throw Tulpa or anything, but there is a very similar concept of people creating these spirits called Spren through, and they're basically created through people's consciousness. Like your idea of fire creates the spirit of fire, which is that. So I thought that was really kind of a funny little thing. Yeah, it is a pretty common trope in fantasy as well. Like, I know Final Fantasy XIV, there's the concept of primals, which is uh, very similar based in terms of, you know, enough people believe in it, it eventually summons it. Um, I think my favorite use of this um, concept is in the Warhammer 40k universe. There is a race called Orcs, and they have this innate magical ability in them in terms of whatever they believe eventually will come true. But they're a very dim-witted and dumb race, so they believe stuff like, oh, if we paint racing stripes on the side of our spaceships, it'll make the spaceships faster. <laughs> and they do, and through this tulpa, whatever, um, it actually happens. <laughs> so they're oh, just damn. out there, you know, painting their spaceships red. It's just like, red makes it go faster. Rawr! I love it. I think that's like a, like a good point to point out because I feel like that, like, again, I've never heard the term topo before or thought form, but uh, yeah, it's something that I feel like is very present in media. Like, Freddy Krueger is fucking a topo, right? Freddy Krueger yeah. is a topo that's created by the parents' <laughs> fear of what they did, essentially, right? Like, I think that's a great way to explain what Freddy Krueger could be because he gets weak and people don't think about him and stuff. Like, that is a that is a great way to explain his powers and a lot of supernatural things powers where, you know, if you don't believe in it, it doesn't, it can't hurt you. That's mm-hmm. a great concept, I think. And I think it's really cool when the people like actually believe in it. There's like a whole Reddit and a 4chan about Tulpa, and, like Tulpamancers, as they're called. Um, so I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, I, I thought that concept was interesting. I'd love to see more movies explore that. Um, but I but then they kind of almost go away from that. So he, we learn about, about Tulpas. Then we go into the, uh, the cult. I feel like the Tulpas kind of dropped there to a degree uh, until the end. Or like it's... It's buried a bit. Because um, when we go to the cult, we learn about the Empty Man almost as like, um, like you know, it's very much a, a play on Scientology. The Pontifex Institute is very much a play on Scientology. You pay to go to these little uh, speeches and stuff. But then the conversation that uh, the guy has, um, the doctor or whatever, talks about like the Empty Man, which I kind of thought was interesting, as like giving up, you know, possessions, thoughts, worries to become empty. Which is different than the empty man we learned about at the end. But I thought that was a very interesting concept, and I could see that being a cult. This idea of giving up and becoming empty of soul, empty of desire, empty of, like, you know, like, freeing yourself. That that seems like a very realistic cult that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that I, I bought into that a little bit. Again, like, I, I, I bought into the cult, I bought into that. And then I think what lost me is later when it kind of all comes together. 
Um, but what do yeah. you think about the cult? Other, like, I know we both talked about that. We really like that fire scene. What do you think about the cult in general? I, I, I definitely feel it was clearly inspired by Scientology. Like even the main lobby felt a lot like the Scientology lobbies that I passed by on the street when I was, you know, wandering around New York and that sort of thing. Um, I felt, I, I do like how they worked in unison, all the different members of the cult together. They all turned their heads at the same time. They all chanted at the same time. Um, but exploring the mythos a little bit better, that is the second third of the movie where it kind of dragged down for me. And it wasn't until we get to that uh, chase scene, I guess we could call it, in the woods later on, um, that I felt like I really the cult was more of a threat at that point. Um, is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, no, no, I, and I completely agree with you. I, I, up until then, it just felt like Scientology, and, like, and then like, <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, so like, is something going to happen? Like, is the cult of the empty man like? Are they murdering people? Are they stealing kids? Um, and because I forgot to mention earlier, so, um, and I, we haven't talked about our characters too, but um, so the girl's friends, uh, Amanda's friends, the girl who runs away, uh, her friends all die. They are all killed by the empty man, theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. What kills them exactly? How do they die? Uh, they get possessed and they all hang themselves somehow. Just like, like the hikers. That's, that's kind of what I get at. It eventually gets inside your head. That's why I kind of felt it eventually gets inside your head and you are completely unable to overcome that, which really leans into that cosmic horror aspect of this film. Do we know why Amanda isn't killed? Because all of her friends are killed. I'm assuming it's because she is closer in terms of the cults um, to the actual vessel protecting the vessel, which originally at the beginning of the movie is Paul, but then later on becomes our main character. Okay, so so okay, so it's like okay, because like that's that's what really confused me. Um, and again, we'll talk about James in a moment. Uh, but the way the empty man works in this confuses me because yeah, those three kids hang themselves. We see at the beginning that he possesses that one girl and she stabs the other two hikers they're they're not in the they're not in the you know the empty man life they 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 got killed because they're not part of that life um but we also see one of Amanda's friends get killed in the shower and in that shower the empty man appears and kills her right mm-hmm. but then it's also shown that she's stabbing herself Mm-hmm. So and I'm appearing I, like in terms of what she appears to be seeing is somebody actually coming and stabbing her when in reality she's possessed or whatever and stabs herself so it's like another Freddy kind of Krueger thing, like in some of the movies where they kind of play it off as you see them like hurting themselves in reality. And that 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 kind of confused me. I don't know that. I think, and I, I think, think that was the intention. To confuse continue. us, yeah. Okay, because like, like, I just feel like the empty man in this isn't super clear as to what. Because again, in the beginning, he it makes sense. Paul got it, sends it to the girl. She does. She does the killing. Okay, cool. Yeah, but then, like, later on, when those four people, or those four kids get killed, who were clearly, like, they were into it. They were, like, all about the empty man. He still kills them. Mm-hmm. Um, or they kill themselves. I don't know. And then that other girl who isn't about the empty man gets killed. And I, I, he seems to kill non-discriminately, indiscriminately. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that just kind of threw me off. I thought that, like, that was really weird. To me, it felt like the movie didn't quite know what they wanted the empty man to be. And, like, there's parts they want him to be a slasher villain, like the Bye Bye Man, and that was when he attacked her in the bathroom. <laughs> and there are parts where they wanted it to be, like, a mystery cult, and that was the suicide thing. And it just kind of... And then at sometimes he's a cosmic horror entity, at other times he is a, a, a desire to obtain a, a state of mind of which you can achieve by giving up your worldly ideals. 
that kind of that's kind of where I get lost in the movie a bit. Um, yeah, and I can see that. I think what they were trying to go for is, I mean, this is cosmic horror. The empty man entity is basically just views us all as ants. You know, he doesn't really care about whoever worships him or anything like that, or you know, whatever it is. Um, and that's what I kind of felt what was going on there. Yeah, he kills some of them. He kills doesn't kill other ones, but it really doesn't matter because you know he doesn't. Or the empty man doesn't really view these people as anything more nowhere near on their level. Hmm. But then they, if that what makes is, sense. What what are then that then they think why are people worshiping him? What's what's their goal with him? <laughs> like, uh, it's cults in general. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> they I, get I, dental. I guess I just like I feel like. They just that this back and forth that I'm just like, all right, Satanists are like you know, people who like I don't know Satanists don't like, worship Satan necessarily, um, but like you know like you believe in God, you believe he like guides you and stuff. And that like like the empty man just seems to be a dick. Like the empty, <laughs> the empty man is like you know like you you kill us unless we help you out, and then you might kill us after. Like we don't really know. Like it, it, it's it feels like um, actually there was a there was a script I think maybe one of the original Freddy vs Jason scripts where they're the Fred heads, the people who are trying who worship Freddy. And it feels a lot like that. Where you're like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? <laughs> like, <laughs> interesting. Or like you know the girls who work who worship Slenderman uh, and, and attack that little girl. Like what's what's wrong? Yeah, with you? I mean uh, you know Charles Manson got uh, marriage proposals while he was in prison. So you know people people will believe whatever. All right, all right, fair enough. Um, okay, so yeah, so okay, so that's, yeah. Um, so let, let's hop into because we never really talked about James because uh, I think James' character is really interesting. Um, again, he feels a lot to me here. Again, he reminds me a lot of the Hellraiser guy in the sense that he's just kind of his one note, but also kind of like fun and sarcastic. I feel like I feel like James is a very fun character. Like, what did you feel about him as a as as protagonist in the film? I was really bored with him for most of the movie until the very end of twist, and then I realized, oh, so that's what they're going for, and that added quite a bit of a dimension to it. Um, he did have some great one-liners, like I think the one in your head right now is when he is being stalked by the cult outdoors, and they all turn their head and look at him simultaneously and realize he's hiding in the bushes, and he says something like, yeah, no, and then he literally just runs away. Yes, like that was a great delivery. <laughs> that was a great delivery. I laughed so hard at that. Um, so I do like how he's competent. He, you know, finds the things. He finds the clues. He follows the breadcrumbs. All of that stuff. But it is very stereotypical, which leads into our twist at the very end. Which I guess now would be a good time to talk about it. Spoil it, bro. Yeah. So um, it turns out the very very end, the uh, main character James is actually um one of those vessels we were talking about earlier so the empty man needs some sort of human vessel in order to distribute its powers and previously it's a man named paul paul's currently on his deathbed basically and a new vessel needs to be ordained so james is a tulupa and literally at the beginning of the movie james is willed into existence he has not existed beyond the beginning first minutes of this movie and we slowly find out, you know, he talks to people who have no idea who he is. He says he has memories of growing up in San Francisco, which I actually did text you halfway throughout the movie. And it's just like, wow, they're really hammering in the San Francisco line over and over and over again. But that was intentional because it is a false memory implanted in him. So he was birthed to be a vessel and that's it. That's his purpose. And I thought this was a great twist. I really love this. 
No, I agree. I thought that was. A, I thought the twist was great, and I, again, I think that I think like you said, the San Francisco thing was great. I also love the imagine because like so theoretically, like Amanda and her friends, like, they're the ones who imagined him and gave him his backstory. Like they gave him the backstory that his wife and son died while he was fucking her mom, which mm-hmm. is, which you know implied that actually never happened. Which also makes me wonder like, did he ever meet her mom? Like it didn't make me question some of the reality of what was going on. Um, but they, you basically learn that they manufactured his life. They like Truman showed his life. They like set up all this stuff in his apartment, his little free birthday dinner um all this stuff they manufactured his life and his personality and his memories um but i do i I do love the san francisco things that almost to me shows like it was like the fallback they gave him mentally like (laughs) if you confront a problem someone asks you a question just say this and it will like get you out of it like Mm -hmm. and i I love that they're like because i feel like i forget what he uses it to but he responds to so many things like that that you're just like why would you say that like what does that have to do with this conversation? And, and like, it's just like, oh, okay, because he, it's like, it's his fallback. It's what he knows. It's yeah, I felt, I felt so played when the reveal came on through, and I was just like, all right, I get you, I get you. That that's good, that's good. And did you feel like there was some? I don't know if sexual tension is the right word, but some like creepiness going on between Amanda and him every every time she talked to him. I, like, I think it was just the two of them were very awkward because, you know, she's a member of a cult and he's a being that's brought into a vessel. I didn't really necessarily notice any sexual tension, but I definitely noticed something was off. Well, yeah, like, yeah, not sexual tension. Like, I didn't think they were going to fuck. But, like, when she talks to him, she always, like, shoved her face into his face. It was, like, I, again, I think it's, like, it's you know, she she knows that she created him, I guess. It's that kind of ownership over him, I suppose. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you create a doll, essentially. So maybe that's just what it was. But it was really awkward and unnerving. And again, knowing how things go, that really helps kind of make that okay with me. Um, mm-hmm. But I always thought their interactions were really freaking weird, especially towards the end where she is, like, shoving her face in his face and telling him everything. Um, yeah, and but, that's another thing where the movie got me, too, because I actually did send you a message. I was just like, wow, this Amanda actress is a really, really bad actress. And then we find out more about her and what's going on with her. And I was just like, oh, so that's what she was playing into. Okay, that makes sense why it's so stilted and awkward. So, And what did you think? So so after she, so basically this is all revealed to him. He goes into the hospital to go and he finds Paul, essentially, uh, the, guy, the hiker from, from the beginning. Um, so she, he, she find, he finds him in the hospital and like everyone can go in there. Um, and we've more or less learned that the entire staff essentially is all in on this and everybody's kind of aware of this. Um, and which reminds me of another movie. I just can't remember what it is. Like, it, it felt very familiar, but I can't, can't place it. Um, but, um, what did you think about? So we see his kind of mentality as he's overtaken by the empty man and we see kind of flashbacks. We see that he more or less, you know, woke up that when we met him in the movie, that was when he started existing. That was when his life began. Um, and we kind of see all these scenes. We see him go when we see when he goes into the um, how to say it when he goes into the Potifex Institute. We see it, like he witnesses them calling the empty man essentially, and he like when when we see it the first time we see we hear something happening, and then we see it kind of from his perspective kind of change. We see him perspective of the empty man uh, when of them calling him and him actually seeing himself watching this happen. Um, what do you think of that whole like scene? I don't know how, how else you call it that sequence of him being overtaken. Um, I thought it was pretty effective, especially the flashback with the funeral and everything like that in terms of him breaking down. Um, it reminded me of not the movie Silent Hill, but a couple scenes in the game series Silent Hill, um, especially at the end of the second game when a big reveal is made there too. Um, yeah, it was, you know, a pretty interesting way of showing him breaking down and realizing, oh shit, my whole life is a lie. what do you think? 
yeah, again, it's the same thing. I, I thought it was a great, it was a great way of kind of like the realization for us and what it means for him. Um, and it was, it was depressing too. Cause like, it means that like, and she, Manny even says that she's like, we built you broken. Like we built you so that you have immense guilt over the death of your, of, of your wife and your kid who never existed. And like, he can't get over that. And like, mm-hmm. and he fight like, which I thought is interesting. Cause we, we see the empty man again for the first time. And he's basically like a cloaked figure with extra arms essentially. And like a weird insectile face kind of thing going on. Uh, and he, like, fights against it, which I thought was cool, but is easily taken down, because part of it is you need to be, like, an empty soul. Like, Paul was empty. Paul tried to kill himself, so he was taken over. And by creating this uh, person who, again, is feels that fault for the death of his wife and child, but not only feels that fault, but also knows that he was cheating on them when this happened, is, you know, creating this self-loathing, this self-hate, um, which makes him so exposed. And I think this last thing of Amanda kind of being like, yo, we created you was that last kind of punch to the gut that allowed him to be overtaken um mm-hmm. and i thought that was kind of like it was depressing it was sad because uh, you just kind of see everything go dark as he's overtaken um so yeah i thought that was yeah. really effective yeah definitely um any other scenes that really stick out to you you want to talk about i think um okay yes yeah, so, so again th- this this is what confuses me about the tulpa thing so now that we know that the last three days were manufactured should we believe anything that happened prior like was this investigation real because if he, because we see scenes of him talking with other detectives, we see scenes of him talking with Amanda's mom, but we learn at the end that that never actually happened. So, what was going on during the movie? Do you, did you understand what was going on during the movie? Because that threw me at the end. Because I'm like, wait, because we see him interact with the mom multiple times, but at the end of the movie, he tries to call her and it's like, "Yo, I found Amanda," and she's like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. first off, why did Amanda give his, the mom the actual <laughs> number? That seems really weird to me. But then the detectives he's interacting with, the people he talked with, the cult members, when he goes and shows up to the fire cult place, like, what was the point of all of that? Why do, do you have a theory on that? Like, my only my only guess is that the idea that he needed to be open to the idea of the empty man, he needed to kind of understand him to be taken by him. But then why not just topple that into existence into his life, like? I that's what really confused me, because in the end we kind of I, almost learned that the empty man isn't a tulpa, right? He's not a tulpa. He's in, he's a cosmic being, and then they need the tulpa to let the cosmic being inhabit. Is that what I'm understanding? Is that correct? Is that how you? Yeah, saw that's it? kind of what I got too. And I'm assuming it is the hereditary school of thought where it's easy for some it's easier for someone to be possessed if they are mentally broken down. And that's kind of what I got out of it. Okay. And and the three days was required because that's just what the empty man requires. Like, cause yeah. That, that's what I kind of didn't get at the end because I feel like, um, how do I say it? I, I couldn't tell at the end if the empty man legend, the lore, the blowing into the bottles, if that was actually required or if that was part of the topo built into him to make him interested in it, to get him to buy into it. Because we don't really see it performed much more. Like, we see people blowing into bottles when he's in these weird situations. But, like, do you think that, like, all of this was artifice? Was all of this not actually... Like, was, like, for, for example, the Pontifex Institute, all that could have never actually really happened, theoretically. Like, all the things he saw and he experienced could have never really happened. Like, do, do you think that what we saw in the movie was real, or... Like, I guess that's my question. Do you think what we saw in the movie was real, or was that just his lived memory, essentially? I think most of it was definitely real. I think some of the stuff at the very beginning was manufactured, especially in terms of what we saw um, with calling Amanda's mom, and she has no idea who he is and that sort of thing. Um, what do you think? 
I, 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 I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, that's like, that's what kind of confuses me at the end of this movie. There are so many things where I'm like, wait, did the cult, did the, you know, did the blowing in the bottling matter was, was the urban legend actually an urban legend or, the, or was that something they told him to get him? Like, did that girl and those kids die? Like, why did they die? If that was the case, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like that, that, those are kind of my questions. Like, did her friend who like, you know, reported her and was like, you know, fucking crazy bitch. Like, was, was that real? What did that not happen? If so, why did we see it? If not, like that's, that's kind of where the end just falls apart for me. It makes, it makes a lot of questions. Like, cause is it really a curse? Uh, you know, like that's, is it a curse? Is it an entity now that he is willed into existence? Cause theoretically he's inhabiting Paul's body earlier, right? What was he just like kind of going out moonlighting, and killing people? Like, <laughs> why, is there more than one empty man is like when he takes over to the end, he takes over James's body. Is that now his vessel? Is he contained within James or is he just kind of a little puppet and the empty man's still out there in the cosmos? You know, like, yeah, that's what I did. The latter is definitely what I assumed is that this entity needs some sort of vessel. Paul was the first one. Paul's powers are fading. So now he upgrades to a new model, which is James. Um, but yeah, this this is definitely one of those movies where I'm curious to go back and see it again and knowing the twist, figuring out exactly what's real, what's not real. Yeah, you made me think. Well, because I'm thinking too, like the whole thing with the, yeah, uh, when they, like, when... So now, because now knowing all this, and this was the plan. What the people? What were the fuck were the people doing running around a fire in the middle of a fucking campsite? What the hell was that? <laughs> like, what was what just was all of that things. about? Hashtag just cult things. Like, and, and, and I think that's where the movie kind of loses me. As, as I'm just like, how much of this was just creepy cult shit? That at the end, they're like, oh, here's our twist. And I was like, so did did this movie matter up until this creepy cult shit? Like, that's where I'm kind of like, that's where the movie loses me. I think if it. Like I love, I do like the twist a lot, but it just makes me kind of like, in retrospect, think about everything else that happened in the movie and be like, what the fuck? Um, I wonder so- if there's like a person out there who's just like, yeah, I was thinking about joining a cult, but then they got all their weird rituals and you know creepy campfire dances and that sort of thing. It's just not me. <laughs> like joining a company and they're just like, oh yeah, this is great. We do like you know birthday pitch-ins and we do potlucks every so often. And they're just like, yeah, no, I'm gonna get my paycheck and get the hell out of here. I wonder if cults are like that too occasionally. And like every once in a while we just run around a fire for like an hour. You gotta get good cardio. You just gotta keep going. Like, <laughs> like, that, I mean that's what it was, I mean, They're just running laps for like gym essentially in the fire which is just there because it was late at night. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like cause that 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 all that stuff now in my mind is just bringing up questions that I, I don't have answers to. Um, but then you know, there's maybe, a lot maybe, of pastorating in cults. So, yeah. you know, you gotta you gotta limber up somehow. That actually that's probably a really good point. That's, that's, you know, I feel like that's why prostrating is so similar to like the downward dog pose or the child's pose, just you know, <laughs> stretching up a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, for for all the all those questions and my my things, I, I really didn't. I enjoyed watching. It. I enjoyed it for the the trip. That it was yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was a very entertaining movie. But now I do want to read the comic and see like what's going on with it. Maybe it will fill in some gaps for me or help me understand the Empty Man a little bit more. Because again, I was really excited to learn about the Empty Man. And I think all I really learned about the Empty Man at the end is that he's inhabiting this guy. And honestly, I kind of like that because cosmic horror is designed to be this entity is unknowable. It's understanding more about the Empty Man and finding out what it is would just not only lose the appeal or mystery of it all, but also at the same time... A big part of Cosmic Horror is once you do finally understand what's going on, once you do finally understand what this entity consists of, well, shit, it just drives you insane, and your mind is broken anyway. Like, just the base understanding what it is, Cthulhu or anything else, 
is what drives you crazy. So mm. I, I I don't know. I kind of like the whole mystery. I think they had a good good balance between knowing and unknowing in this movie. Well, I guess my, my question for you then is, is did did what you saw at the beginning set you up? Do you think for what the ending like? Is that what you expected to have come from from what we saw at the opening? The not really. Scene? No, honestly, I expected like a standard possession movie. Like, hey, there's this demon doing stuff, and it was. But in terms of the cults and everything else, I, I didn't expect it to lean so hard into the cosmic. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I, same boat here. Like, I I expected I expected a bye bye man story or a uh, what's that movie countdown? You know, where they have to. They have to, you know, little girl got caught caught up in it, and now we have to find, you know, how to how to trick the demon into not, you know, into getting trapped in a bottle or something. Like that's that's what I was mm-hmm. that's, I thought they were gonna, they were going to do, and then there's the jump scare at the end where the empty man's still alive, and oh my god! Um, so I, I I'm pleasantly surprised that wasn't what it was, but still confused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Cool stuff. Uh, well, definitely, I think we're both on the same page there. We would definitely recommend this movie to go ahead and see it if you haven't already. Uh, we should probably not have listened to the podcast if you did, but hey, thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. Oh, um, you know, I don't final, like, well, I'm saying after the movie, uh, but no, no final thought, thoughts on the movie. Um, cool. But, uh, do you have any final thoughts on the movie? Uh, no, I'm good to go. Oh, yeah. I think we summed it up pretty well. There we go. So, interesting out of that, uh, before we thank our band and whatnot, um, we should note uh, we did recently record an episode with the Swedish horror nerd. And I believe uh, as of today, which is the 12th of what our month are we in? September. Um, September. I, think, I think that they're releasing on Sunday, so it might be coming out today. I don't quite know. I'll, we'll, we'll post on Instagram if that's the case. Um, but I think that we recorded an episode with him on Halloween 5. I think that's coming out today, uh, November 12th. If not, I know he, he was a little bit late on his last episode. I think he had a little trouble um, with editing. Um, so it might be coming in the next couple of days. We'll, we'll put it out on there. But there will be an episode with us and him on that. Um, it was a fun fun talking with him about that. Definitely was, yeah. Yeah, so be, be on the lookout for that. Um, and Dan, do you have any uh, ideas for the next episode? Uh, so we had briefly talked about uh, the new uh, James Wan movie, Malignant, correct? Oh, yes, yes, Malignant, Which yes. I have not seen yet, so uh, yeah, I will probably watch that this week, and we will go ahead and start recording, so I think that'll be our next episode. Yeah, sounds good to me, yeah. So you guys can find oh. that on HBO Max, what? Yes, uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max, so you can definitely see it there. It also got released in theaters, too. Uh, so I do want to say I'm very, very excited. So my girlfriend is not a horror movie fan at all. We recently stumbled across a actual video rental store um, about 10 minutes away from my apartment, which was very shocking. We went into a coffee shop, and we found out, oh, shit, there's an actual like DVD rental. And their selection of horror movies was immense. Like, they had everything there um that we went on through they even had a section titled what the fuck and it was just all sorts of really fucked up movies like tetsuo the iron man Um, they even had a they they had salo they even had a serbian film on there which i was just like damn um but uh, I saw The Conjuring 2, and I made my girlfriend promise that we are going to watch The Conjuring 2 together. Yeah. So, because, you know, it is Halloween season coming up shortly. So, we are going to do that, and I am very excited. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Dude, I, you know, maybe, you know, a separate podcast, just called the What the Fuck podcast, and we just watch every movie on that section. And it'll be great. <laughs> we'll, 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 I am we'll... definitely not watching a Serbian film. I, I have read the plot summary. I am good. Yeah, that, but, sounds, uh, that yes. sounds fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
Though, did you see the, there's a new trailer out for the new Halloween again? Halloween Kills? Yeah. I, I keep seeing all these advertisements. It's, you know, it's coming out soon. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. still not, still, still going to be angry about it, but. <laughs> it's I am excited that it's releasing to um, Paramount Plus, I think, too, instead of just in theaters. That, do you have Paramount Plus? I do not. Oh, well. But Scrub. that means we'll have digital copies available online. So wow, wow. Dan, Dan, are you implying yes. something? What are you implying right now? No, I'll see it in theaters. But. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, see, but the one thing I'm hoping for, so I'm from Pride and Drag, Lindsay, too. actually, no, she, she won't go. That's, 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 I'm going to try to, but she's not going to go see it with me. Because, uh, but I will say, the last time I went and saw Hollow, the first, you know, I saw the first one in theaters. I definitely did sit next to a student that, <laughs> that we talked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize till the very end that it was him. I was like, oh, this is fucking awkward. So I'm very glad that this year I won't be a teacher. Uh, well, I, you know, I'm working in school, but not be a teacher uh, when when I go to see that movie. And hopefully that will not occur again because that was really mm-hmm. fucking awkward. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff alright well thank you so much to our opening band that is Teddy's Atlas with the um, song uh, Horror Movie Story you can get them off the album Children of the Corn good good Canadian boys take a look out for Malignant our next review in the next couple of weeks and uh, stay groovy bye bye <laughs>